everyone, this is Kate McGaw, founder and CEO of Arclight Agile. I'm a certified Scrum trainer and I'm passionate about training leadership agility. And welcome to our podcast. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified Scrum master and a certified product owner. And today's topic is roles outside of Scrum. These are the folks that aren't the developers, they're not QA, they're just these other people that our team is beholden to in some way, shape or form that don't fit the model. And I know that these, as a scrum master, these are folks that I often have a tough time with, integrating them into the, the, the team or keeping the team on track because often it's a mom and dad situation the team looks at me and then the team looks at the architect or the team lead or functional analyst. And it is a sort of a, a tough thing to navigate. So that is our topic for today. And it's one that I'm happy to admit I am sort of at a loss as to what to do with sometimes. And I think, Ryan, what we what we should clarify is when we are talking about the scrum team, we are talking about the Scrum Master, the product owner, and the developers. And the developers are anyone who does the work. So they may be a business analyst. They may be a tester. They may be a coder. They may be a UI UX team member. They're all members of the Scrum team. They're all the title of developer, whether they're technical or not, because they're developing something, whether it's a product or a service. So I think one of the key things here is there are no titles on that developer team. And I know something you and I have talked about in the past is, well, where, what happens if we have a lead developer? Well, they are developers on the team. Everyone is at the same level. Everyone is a peer. We're trying to avoid an environment where we have a hierarchy or sub teams within our development team. So I, I think that's something that a lot of organizations still struggle with. Well, developer means technical. Well, developer does not mean technical. And remember, Scrum Guide, the latest Scrum Guide talks about accountability. So we may have different HR titles, but we are accountable for the developing on the Scrum team. And I think it's interesting. One of the most often asked questions when we're talking about roles outside of the core Scrum team is, well, I've got my project manager and I've got my scrum master and I've got my product owner. And I know this, this is another one we've talked about and there is no project manager role in scrum. So that doesn't mean we're going to fire all of our project managers, especially. We should. No, we shouldn't. Because <laughs> I am a project manager by trade. I am a PMP. But um, the project manager past traditionally project managers became scrum masters and um, it's a very different skill set. And that's a whole yes. other podcast. But podcast. so, yeah, I mean, I, we talked to Anu a couple of weeks ago. I, I as a, a project manager, very focused on teams, growing teams, clearing roadblocks and things like that. So I was a more traditional scrum master. Anu, who we talked to, is used to dealing with roadmaps and release plans and working with stakeholders. So she was a more natural product owner. But one of the things that I've seen recently with, with a couple of clients is 
So we have our scrum team. We have our scrum master, our product owner, and our developers. We have multiple scrum teams working on the same product or service. So therefore, we need a program manager. So we need somebody who's over the entire program. And that may be the project manager who is, a, is now a program manager. Or it may be a chief product owner, it may be a chief scrum master, but those are the type of roles that I can see working well. They're not part of core scrum, but they have a vested interest in the scrum team delivering um, and they're supporting it. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. A, like, you've, you've put out a lot of information, so let's let's talk about that because... It, what I see, boots on the ground, mm -hmm. scrum mastered. Again, I, the joke about project managers. Right now, I am a technical project manager, <laughs> scrum master. I'm actually doing both roles on one team. And I'm going to let the project manager thing slide. I'm just going to focus on scrum mastering. And guess what? It'll all get done and everybody will be happy. Uh, so I was just kidding. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. But what I see in these roles, architect, team lead, functional analyst. I'm going to set aside our UX, UI brothers and sisters, because they're not, they're not as much of a problem. They, I can, I can easily integrate them in. We'll talk about them in a second. I'm talking about these very technical, like the people who are used to solutioning and used mm -hmm. to sort of coming up with these big detailed plans and sort of driving that. And they are what I would sort of call creatures of waterfall, right? Somebody gives them an idea and they go out and they start researching it and they start coming up with solutions. And in many ways, that kind of robs a team of their autonomy, right? Because developer X, Ankar wants to come up with the cool idea. Jenny wants, you know, she wants to get a user story and she wants to do something cool. But if, you know, Bob, the architect says, here's what I want it sort of robs the team of that autonomy. So that's the kind of, those are the kind of people getting them to really give up that responsibility, or maybe there's a better way to looking at it, not just give up responsibility, but that's what I'm sort of talking about. Those people who are these creatures of waterfall, Yeah. how can we integrate them into our scrum team in a way that they don't feel that they're giving away their responsibility or like, let's, let's have empathy for them. They feel like yeah. they're on the chopping block. Yeah. And I, I think some of the roles, for example, the, the one you mentioned architecture, um, the, the agile, there's an agile principle out there. The best architectures and designs emerge from self-managing, self-organizing teams. So when I'm working with clients, I'm trying to integrate the architect and have them work with their team. So they're not working off in an office by themselves and then coming to the teams and saying, hey, here it is, pushing it out. This is exactly what you've got to do. I'm looking for more of that collaboration, which is, I mean, most organizations don't have the luxury of a one architect per team scenario. If we did, we wouldn't even be having this discussion because they would be a full time member of the team. But in a lot of organizations, we have one architect who is has accountability for maybe two or three teams. Right. So there we're looking to coach the architect into more of the mindset that they are there to support and guide the team 
rather than do all of the work and push it down to the team. So we're looking for this partnership, albeit a partnership between one architect and three teams. But it's that mindset shift from I have to do it as an architect and push it out to the team to I am there to help guide the teams. Um, so and I, I think that's one of the, the to me, that's one of the easier um, roles outside of Scrum to, to incorporate into Scrum. One that I know a lot of organizations struggle with is our more traditional people like resource managers. So typically they are responsible for the developers or the product or, or the, the business analysts or testers. And they're used to moving people from team to team based on, on what they need. And right. I have a, a couple of organizations that I, I've worked with where the resource manager was in direct conflict with the scrum master. The scrum master's trying to get this dedicated, um, self-managing, self-organizing team and the resource manager comes in and moves everyone around again. And then we're back to our five stages of, of team development, forming, storming, norming, performing. And now we're back at forming again. Right. And I mean, I've heard them rather unflatteringly referred to as seagulls in the past because they swoop in, they poop all over the team, and then they leave the team to clean up the mess. So the, the, the goal here is how do we incorporate them into a more agile environment? So they're not at loggerheads with the Scrum Master. And some of the, the most successful ways I've seen to do that is coaching this type of role, because let's face it, we still need someone for to have HR responsibility for the team members. So their role, hopefully we can change from something like resource manager to more of an agile champion. So their mindset is changing from, I've got to tell the team what to do, to, okay, I've got to grow my team members. How can I set them up? How can I work with the scrum master and the product owner to make sure we have truly self-managing, self-organizing teams who are doing good scrum and be able to step back. So as an agile champion, I may be clearing some of the more strategic roadblocks. I may be thinking longer term. I'm working with other agile champions in the organization to help spin up new teams. So I'm being probably more strategic than I am tactical because a lot of that tactical day-to-day I'm going to be late, I'm sick, I'm going for vacation and things like that tends to be done through the Scrum Master. Right. And I mean, I, I just to that resource manager, like when typically I have a team and I'm the Scrum Master, I don't want the team to be eternal. I need it to be persistent. But, you know, if I'm in an org where we've got five or six different product teams or five or six different Scrum teams, sorry, I want to cross pollinate from time to time once a year, when somebody feels like there are no new worlds to conquer in this product, I want to say like, okay, let's horse trade with another team, send you over there, learn some stuff. Let's get somebody over here because, you know, I don't want you to stagnate and I don't want you to be so specific that you're not super useful to the organization. I want to, I want to knowledge share amongst all these groups. I want a persistent team. You know, I don't, but I, it's not eternal. It's not like you're trapped here. And I think a lot of organizations, 
like you're saying, when you're, you, you go come from this agile transformation, some people are doing it where it's like, there's a project and they spin up a team and then the project ends and then everybody goes their separate ways. And then if anything needs to happen to that project or that product now, like nobody was there to build it. And that, that, you know, that creates its own challenges, which is why you want this persistent team. And the persistent team is a conversation for a whole other, yeah. um, because that is a big problem for me right now. But let's get back to these folks. So, okay, I like the resource manager, getting them to be a champion for Agile, getting them to sort of move to that. The technical people, I think, are the tougher turn. Because again, I think they're going they're giving up some of their responsibilities and some of their turf. And that can be a lot to ask of somebody, uh, particularly if they don't feel like if their work product is a plan and all of a sudden it's just like, well, I need you to really be more of a mentor and a coach and a, a resource for the scrum team. That's kind of, well, what am I going to show my boss? What, what, what is my OKR then? Or how do I show what I've been working on? Uh, as opposed to like, here's the whole team's success, you know, and that that's a lot to give up. So, you know, it is a lot to ask of people when they just are like, I'd rather scuttle your thing and keep my kingdom than give up. Yeah, and, and this is the, the scenario where we're going to look for those different roles in the organization to work together. Um, and maybe it's something like a community of practice. Maybe we have our, our technical leads facilitate this community of practice that our technical teams can attend. Maybe it's once a month, they share ideas. Maybe we're doing a sort of department-wide retrospective once a quarter. It's that type of thing that we're trying to get our technical leads out of the more day-to-day into the more strategic. So it's it's encouraging them to trust their team members. I've seen some leads insisting on coming to, for example, the daily scrum, well, because I need to know what's going on. Right. Well, day to day, you, you, you don't really need to know what's going on if you trust your team members to do what you've hired them to do. They will escalate anything if it's an issue so I want my, my leads or managers, I want them to visit Daily Scrum, but I want them to visit Daily Scrum and say, hi, and how's everyone doing? I mean, in the physical, when we were in physical offices, I wanted them turning up with donuts and cookies to say good morning to the team. But they're there as more of, of a guide and a clear roadblocks than a tell you what to do environment. Yeah, I think um, I see that with project managers wanting to come to every meeting and really wanting to like question because they feel like they have to go back and fill out these fields and plan view and like like keep things on track when it all it is is disruptive to the team. You know, you're you're this adult oversight that they're really we're trying to get away from. You know, you were not driving to that thing. So I, I see that I see that disruption in those meetings from project managers who you know, don't quite, I don't think they understand, like there's that line between project manager and scrum master. I always say to people when I talk to them, like it's not, scrum master is not a fun word or like a fun new name for project manager. It's, it's, there's some responsibilities, but it's a kind of a different animal altogether. Mm -hmm. and, and, and in environments where we have both, we often have conflict. 
Um, right. It's interesting. Uh, one of the things I, I do quite a lot in classes is, okay, write down everything that a project manager does and let's look and see, is it something that lives with the scrum master? Is it something that lives with the product owner? Is it something that lives with the developers? Or is it something that lives with the entire team? But it, it's it's trying to understand what the role is. And in a lot of environments, it's more of the program level. It's more of, okay, we have seven teams delivering on a product or service. So who is who has the 360 degree view of that? rather than the day-to-day, -day, this is what's going on with the team, because that deliverable is all dealt with by the Scrum Master, the product owner, and the team. So, um, yeah, I think, I know we've talked previously about the mindset shifts, and I, I think this is also a lot of, of mindset shifts. And when we're looking about doing an agile rollout or transition in an organization, it's making sure that everyone as a manager or leader or as a team member understands what we mean by being agile. We've talked already about in a previous session about doing Scrum and doing Kanban, but what does it mean to be agile? Because any of these leaders are going to have to be involved in helping their teams be agile. So there's, there's always going to be the work for them to do. It may not be the work that they are used to doing, and it may be a different skill set. But the, the, the goal here is these self-organizing teams. And we need the teams coached so they are self-organizing. And if we have the seagull flying in and, and disrupting that, every week or insisting on coming to, to daily scrum and, and taking over the meet the event or insisting on coming to planning to make sure the team's doing it right, we're sending a message that we don't trust the team and we're not encouraging the team to be um, the, the high performing team we want them to be. I think that is, I think there's a lot of that, the trust like we don't really trust the team to just get together and do this. And I, I see that where it's a lot of like, well, who's responsible for scheduling it? And who's going to facilitate it? And who's going to like, who, who, and, and the problem is like, let's just go to this sort of, I've got a product owner, I've got a scrum master, I've got a project manager, I've got a product manager, I've got, you know, the, a lot of management and the team is like, I don't just have one mom and dad. I got like three or four sets of moms and dads. And I'm not really sure who is telling me what to do. So that can be sort of confusing. I did want to come back to like UX, UI, the design folks. I find them the easiest to sort of deal with because you so just flatten them out, put them in the scrum team. I just need you to be dedicated to this team to answer our questions, maybe spin up a quick design, tell us we're doing it right. Like, and, and they just sort of integrate right in. And that could be also true for a database person or whatever, but they've but does, also done, sorry, go. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, but does that scenario change if you don't have a one-for-one? -one? So if you have a UI or UX team member or UI UX person, and they are not dedicated to one team because we don't have enough UI team members in our organization. And now they're 
responsible or accountable for two teams. How do you integrate that? I think, I mean, I, I'm curious why, how you think they integrate better than others. Because, so for me, and I've been in this scenario, and, and typically I find there's a lot of UX, UI people. There's, there's enough to sort of go around. But even if I had a, a scarcity, they're doing their work up front, right? We've got our comps and our mockups and our Zeppelins, whatever attached to our user stories. They've sort of been thinking about this with the product folks for a while. So they have their head wrapped around it. This isn't the first time they've seen this user story or this request. They, they're, they're there to come in and say, okay, you guys are building it. If you have any questions, you have any concerns, I'm ready to answer questions. So if a developer goes, I see your design and you know what, I'm in there. There was no way to know this before, but that's a load bearing wall. I can't knock that out. This has to be, you know, it's not a radio button, it's a checkbox. And then the UX UI person could just be like, I bless this change, no worries, totally get it. Or, you know, it's that kind of like, that's where I get them to, where they've done their work up front. And now it's like, oh, okay, you're going to modify it there. Great. I understand. Or, oh, if you could just do it this way. So they're really there as like a resource for the team to catch things in development. So and, and so they don't have real responsibilities to the team. They're more like, oh, you have a question? Great. I'm here. How do we get them, though, working more in sync with the team? Because it, to me, it sounds like you're saying they're working a sprint ahead of the team doing all of the design and the mock-ups and things like that. And how do we get that to be, if we want that to be more collaborative? Well, I do have, end- I do have a, des- I have a developer working with them. Okay. Oh, okay. And- okay. Typically when I do this, I have product, a developer, and maybe it's a team lead. Maybe it's an architect going like, no, 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 that has to be a checkbox or that has to be a thing. Or why don't you use a drop down instead of a this or uh, you know, oh, here, you know, okay. whatever it is, like they're talking to somebody technical. So their mock-ups are, are pretty good. And again, it's, it's just an idea. Mm. It's like this may, when this hits the request level, we might have to modify this a bit, you know, things yeah. change, but we do, we don't want them working up mock-ups while we're doing the story. We want to have sort of a sketch and idea for a change beforehand. I just need them after the fact and on the scrum team. And I've been really successful at it where people like yeah. the UX person and they know like, oh yeah, I pinged so-and-so yeah. and they got back to me and this is all good yeah. or- Yeah, and know, I, or- I think I think that's key. It's the collaboration that happens. I just, I have seen several UX team members who are working months ahead of the team and pushing everything to the team and no collaboration. So I, I just know. wanted us to clarify that yes, they I are part of the team and we the team. want them involved in the work that's been committed to for this sprint. Yes. Yes. Sorry, 100%. I took us down a rabbit hole there. No, no, no. And somebody from the team has been a part of that ideation or that like just sort of like, okay, you guys are on the right track. We can totally build that or can't build that. And I've been in those meetings and we can tell horror stories. (laughs) Some other episode where I have to tell a multi-million dollar client, your designs are great. I can't build it. Yeah. But anyways, so uh, to wrap this up today, good discussion, talking about these roles outside of Scrum, our empathy for them and how we can sort of take them and get them to really change their mindset and become champions of the mindset change. Is that, is that how we sort of sum it up? 
Yeah, I think that's a good summary. I mean, we're, we're, we're looking to coach anyone who's involved with the scrum team on the, the concept of agility, how being agile, being able to, to change and pivot and inspect and adapt, but critical to the success of all of this is empowering the teams. We are there as leaders to empower the teams, to help them be self-managing, self-organizing, high-performing teams, which doesn't require us to tell them what to do every step of the way. Our role is now to coach the teams. We're there to provide the support and the growth that the teams need rather than simply telling them what to do. So I think you're right. I think it's the empathy. Everything is changing. These roles are changing. Nobody's losing jobs. We need them, but we need them just in different accountabilities and different roles. Perfect. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.